Let's get this thing popping. It's the bunt brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding, Vans. <laughs> and as my boy Felper says, at the end of the day, you lucky to find them. This week, Vans is announcing the release of the Ultra Range Pro, available worldwide Saturday, June 17th. This revolutionary performance skate shoe is designed to enhance the fundamental union of skate cushioning and grip with the introduction of a unique co-molded bottom unit, combining Vans' trusted Ultra Cush light foam with Vans' original waffle outsole. With decades of design heritage and more than 40 years of critical feedback from Vans' legendary professional skateboarding team, the Vans Ultra Range Pro's versatile build pushes the boundaries of skate progression. The Ultra Range Pro is a shoe you simply can't miss out on. The superior technology in the Ultra Range Pro can take your regular Joe Schmo skater and turn him into a Sodi contender. Vans shoes off the wall since 1960 motherfucking six, baby. <laughs> Like cook crack, you know what I'm saying? Still a wangster out here, still making man's cringe. But yo, deal with it. You smell me? <laughs> yeah. What's good, Donald? What the fuck's really popping this week? Yo, I'm from the hood. Yeah. <laughs> I'm well aware of where you're from, and uh, it is a little bit hood, so I'll give you that. It's episode nine, man. Y'all know what the fuck it is. I'm D Jones. He's the ghost. As always, we got Ants One behind the scenes. It's a cool thing. Still. It's a big time episode this week. Got another homie from the East Coast, someone who's skating I always enjoyed growing up. Eli Reed is in the building. Then, as usual, we heading over to the post office, answer some emails, and then finish it up with the rundown. Man, uh, any big news popping sports this week, or what? Uh, what happened to one of your teams? Oh, the Preds. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it was rigged, yo. <laughs> actually, if you watched last night, you wouldn't know that it actually was rigged. But uh, we'll get to that later, you know what I'm saying? I didn't watch, but I just knew if, if my boys ain't going to win the cup, something's wrong with them refs. Oh, my God. So as you all know, make sure to like us on Facebook at The Bunt. Follow us on Instagram at The Bunt Live. And please keep on sending them emails. And, you know, maybe even send in an audio note. We had those popping for, like, what, three episodes? And then uh, that flamed out. But, yeah, we love the audio notes. Send them to TheBuntLive at gmail.com. Holler at your boys on iTunes, you dig. Bless us a five-star rating and a little review thing, you dig. And don't forget the Half Cab Heel Contest slash challenge is well underway. Y'all can check the hashtag Adam C Challenge. It's popping out there. Morgan Smith just dropped his variations. I know Wade D's cooking something up. Man, the Half Cab Heels are hot in the streets right now. That's some real shit. You dig? Yeah, I'm going to start saying you dig way too often, probably for a couple weeks before I play it out for myself. But Steven Jackson, retired NBA nigga, been dropping it heavy. He says, you dig what I'm saying? <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it. So just warning, y'all, you might get annoyed. Yeah, that's what you need is another catchphrase. I do up the head. <laughs> We're not talking switch trays, buddy. <laughs> 
All right, why did we want to interview Eli Reed? I mean, man, it's pretty simple. The guy was a gangster. We were little gangsters growing up, so always looked up to him, had an interesting style, was always uh, innovating, doing something a little new. You know, the man stays on trend, so he's always up to something fresh. That's some real talk, and throughout the interview, we're going to be referring to Zeb. That's a, a Boston legend. Legend. Zeb Weissman, yo. Yeah, he's been in all the, the big East Coast videos over the years. Vicious Cycle, Peep the Kits, the Stees, Zeb Weissman, yo, real one. A Nolly Vario flip you'll never forget. But back to Eli, y'all know who he rides for. Converse, Venture, Diamond, Gold Wheels, Supreme. I mean, the man's got it all going on. Let's get into the interview. Yo, hold that, hold that. Before we pop this interview off, yo, your boy is thirsty still. We got any beers popping? Oh, my man, you know the fridge is stocked full of that common good beer. Which one are you looking for, the sociable pilsner? Yeah, let me get one of them sociable pilsners, blood. Yo, coming right up, my G. Let's get it. Toronto represent. It's Eli time now. my man let's get this popping long time coming keeping the uh the boston the bunt connection strong we got <laughs> eli reed in the building what's up g what up yeah sorry it took so long i had to set up my facetime <laughs> no no problem man no problem so we start every show off the same favorite skate moment and favorite sports moment Probably Rod. I would say Rodney Mullen inventing the kickflip has got to be the greatest moment in skateboarding. You know, pretty big one. Because that's kind of like the key to the beginning of street skating. You know, I remember you said that before sports and like, I just haven't. It's funny because I haven't really been into sports in so long. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I've always kind of been into them, but when I was a kid, I was crazy about basketball. But I remember because I was like a short and I played point guard in basketball. Like Spud Webb was my favorite. You know? Yeah. Typical. When he won the slam dunk contest, it was like, I thought that was the craziest shit ever. Like, he was dunking, like, and it wasn't, he wasn't doing anything that the big guys weren't doing, but the fact that he, what he was doing was in, so insane. So I think to me, in sports, like, a guy like that can dunk, it was, in, in the dunk contest, it was crazy. That is crazy. crazy. Tell us a little bit about growing up in Boston and how you got into skating. Well, I was born in Somerville, which is like, Right over, like, in Boston, basically. It's like Brooklyn and of New York, you know. Then uh, lived there for a while. Didn't get. Then we moved to a town called Lexington, where that's kind of where I got into skating. My brother started skating, and he was kind of like a long-haired hippie. I just wanted to do everything he did in a way, and just was jumping on his board. But it was funny, because at the time, I played basketball, so I was like swishy pants and jerseys and Jordans, trying to hop on his skateboard. So... Yeah, I just became obsessed with trying to get on his board. Then I got my own. And uh, we actually, the closest skate park to us was this place called Maximus. And that was like such a crazy place to go to. And I bought my first board there. And then just started going to that skate park and skating around that town, Lexington. It just, I just became obsessed with it right away. Like I just, I, I couldn't do anything else. And it was weird. It was a matter of like a couple of months. I was like, oh, I st- don't really play basketball anymore and then I'm like fuck it I like skating and then it took me over completely and just was listening to like all the 90s kind of grunge music going to like Vans warp Tours and being in the mosh pit you know like in the 90s and um, yeah then I moved then we moved to East Boston 
eventually, and that's where my mom still lives. That's actually where Zeb lived in my house in East Boston. Roommates for a little bit, huh? Yeah. <laughs> we'll get into Zeb a little bit later. But uh, how did you start getting yeah. hooked up, and who was your first sponsor? Well, I, got a, I had a skate shop sponsor first called uh, Concepts, and they were pretty cool. It was like a shop in the back. It was pretty amazing. It was like in the back of a, kind of a leather goods store with like shoes and a lot of Nikes and like wallabies and like leather jackets. But they, then they, a couple guys were, oh, we're going to do like snowboards and skateboards in the back. So they did that. And then Vinny Ponte, who lived in Boston at the time, like kind of was like knew the guys that ran it and skated for them and like ran the store. But they were like a cool, I mean, it was concepts. Now they're big, actually. They do a lot of sneaker wear shit. They're like kind of big online store. But at the time, they were just this little random skate shop, snowboard shop opening up. And they just started hooking me up. And that was my first like shop sponsor. And then eventually, I really didn't have any sponsors till like I skated for, actually, actually, no, I did have, actually, I got on Think Skateboards, flowish kind of thing through Greg Carroll when I was a kid because I won this contest and was out in California and he saw me. So that was kind of my first board sponsor. Even though I wasn't on, I was Flow for Think actually from Greg Carroll. Sick. So, That's yeah. what's up. My first board ever was a Think. So speaking of boards, you actually started your own board brand, Becky, a little over a year ago. What made you uh, take that route and are you looking for any new team riders? <laughs> cough, cough. Yeah. Uh, well, my friends, it was just kind of right when Organica was like, I don't know what was going on with them. I mean, KO in general, kind of like a lot of crazy shit happened over there. But uh, yeah, my friend Sam was just like starting to make boards and he was like, dude, let's do this together. And I was kind of just like, all right, fuck it. So we just kind of started this company, Becky Factory. And uh, yeah, we kind of like slowly building a team, not really so worried about that. We're just kind of, you know, taking it a day at a time. But yeah, of course we want... Of course, we want to get build a team eventually, but it's not so like team driven. It's just kind of, you know, the projects that me and Sam put together, and there might we probably do stuff that's like not so skate related too. Like we did a short film for an art festival that was cool, and it was wasn't really skate related, but that was like our first film that came out. But we are working on video um, pieces now, and yeah, we definitely definitely want to put together more of a team, but just kind of day by day. It's just tricky, you know just with kids and what they're psyched on. and We actually had like some kid that was like, that, that a couple of kids that were like psyched and then we like started hooking up and then they like kind of bounced right away. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, I'm gonna do something else. You uh, you need to check my man's tape, dog. He, uh, he might be yeah. the answer for Becky Factory, dog. Free agent. Right. Holler at That's your boy, up. son. Hey. <laughs> Send it over. It's <laughs> a heavy YouTube link, man. Oh, uh, what? So, uh, send, send me the link. I got you. The ghost and Becky could be a match made in heaven, man. You never know. That's what's up. So, what was it like going to East Boston High? Give us a little insight into how you partied in Boston as a teen. <laughs> that was crazy. Like, once I moved back from Lexington to, to the city again, it was like going backwards in school. Like, it was like, it was just hood. It was just like inner city school again. Like, real. Because Lexington was like kind of a suburb for a little while. And, uh, it was just like going backwards in school. I was like, whoa, this is like weird. I feel like I'm in like sixth grade again when I was in high school or something. And uh, yeah, it was just fights every day. Like just like, it was pretty gnarly. Like I had a pair of scissors because they were mandatory in my last school. And they like suspended me to come in because I came to school with scissors. So I got suspended 
and that that thought was kind of crazy. Like my mom was like, "Huh?" It was just it was pretty wild, but it wasn't it wasn't too bad. I was just over school at that point because all I didn't want to do was skate. And then I got homeschooled after because like oh my like actually Jeremy was doing it. Jeremy Rogers and Zared had the same program, so I convinced my mom to get me homeschooled because I was traveling and skating a lot already. But um, yeah, then then I was in Boston for a while. I started hanging out with all the older skate guys and going out to like Mission Hills, like the college part of Boston, and telling people I was 18 studying at like uh, some school, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I go to school I go to school out here, like, you know, just getting with college girls and all that stuff. Oh, what are you so taking? What year are you in classes? Yeah, I, I had a whole script. I don't remember it, but it was just so long ago now, like when I was like 16 to 18. Like, yeah, you know, I go to school, I'm studying this, just like wild, drunken college parties. <laughs> That's what's up. Quick little uh, research on what courses you can take at Harvard before you go to the party. I forget. I definitely had like a, a couple things I would say. I would do. It was like George in Seinfeld when he's like, yeah, I'm an architect. You, know, you ever <laughs> see that? Yeah. You and Eddie Rap Life were kicking it with Baron Davis in L.A. for a minute. <laughs> How did you know that? That's crazy. How'd that come about? And Baron Davis is one of my favorite players ever. Dopest wow. dude. So... I came to L.A. after spending time in Boston and, like, I was just staying with PJ because I grew up skating with him, too. And he obviously, like, you know, made it big in skating and had a place in L.A. So I was like, kind of living with him and just spending time in L.A., trying to kind of do my skate thing out here. And then Eddie came out here because he was doing his rap. He was doing music for a while. He's like, yo, I met these guys. They, like, they're the guys that... They were basically the guys that found game and brought game to Dr. Dre. So and they they were like talking to Eddie. They were talking to Eddie like, "Yo, we're gonna make this guy like the next, you know, the next big white rapper." Like there was only Eminem. They were like, they thought Eddie was like really talented and they wanted to blow him up. So those guys were also really close with Baron Davis because Baron Davis is from Compton, and these guys were basically Crips from Compton. Like that were like. Like, they were just, they were cool as fuck. Like, you wouldn't think they were, like, real gang. I mean, they were real gangsters, but they were just crazy L.A. guys, but they were really into music and finding, like, people and and bringing them to the right people, you know what I mean? So they were responsible for help moving Game's career along, and they wanted to do the same with Eddie. And then they were like, oh, come, come live in, come out to the Valley and stay with Eddie and be a part of his whole thing, because they thought Eddie was going to blow up and be a huge rapper, and they wanted me to be a part of his like entourage and stuff. It was like being 18. I was, I was like, oh, all right, cool. Like these guys seem cool. So I started living out there and then they, f- we flew this other kid, Akil out. He was, grew up with Eddie too. So they were like, yeah, you guys are going to be like his crew and he's going to be like this famous rapper. Like, Wait, did like, you they, say they were trying to s- Yeah, Akil. Oh, okay. Akil. We know him. Yeah. And, uh, so it was like, he was in the house. It was crazy. It was, I mean, even to add another layer to it to make it really insane. So I moved into the house, and it was like a big house in the valley, and it had like a, a room where Eddie was making music. But not only did he, a bunch of people live in the house, and one of the guys was dating Khloe Kardashian, so she lived in the house too. So what? she was really cool, and I always yeah. So it was like because these guys are like kind of just who hasn't she dated? God damn, L.A. guys like really connected. You know what I mean? I know, but this is early. She was actually really cool for like this is before they did the show. Oh, and he, like, she was just a regular rich girl in L.A. She wasn't doing anything else. Yeah. So we were kids living there. And then they were like, yo, basically Baron Davis was starting a record label with the other guy. And Eddie was going to sign to that. 
So Baron Davis was kind of an investor business partner, and then he would come by the house and hang out, and he was always hanging, and they'd play ball, and they'd have cookouts, and I was just, I don't know, I knew Baron, and I knew all those guys, and they were really cool, and they wanted to do, like, a reality show with us and everything, and I was just kind of, like, young, like, sure, cool, whatever, but I really just wanted to skate. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, but but Eddie was my boy, and I, his music was, he was kind of killing, I mean, he still is, but he's, he is really talented as a rapper, but uh, there was just so many bad things kind of happened, like, I ended up being in a car, one of the Crip guys, and he went out to meet Puffy one night, and I met Puffy, and actually, we introduced these guys to Stevie Williams, and Stevie Williams was so sparked that we were hanging out with, like, these L.A. gangster guys, that even Stevie was like, whoa, like, just getting to know me, and he was in L.A., so it was like, they lo- they liked Stevie Sue, so they were like, Stevie, come to the club, we're gonna go out, and Puffy's gonna be there, and I came in the car, so it was like me, Stevie, and we went out, it was like Puffy was there, we were chilling, and like, I was like all psyched, being like this little kid in the club, like super psyched. And then on the way back, we were going home, and it was normal, but we got pulled over because he was going a little fast, and he was in the, in, and there was, a car, there was a gun in the car, and I ended up going to jail because there was a gun in the car. So I was in jail for like a week because of these guys, because I was rolling with these crazy dudes, you know, like oh, LA gangster hell. dudes. That was kind of, there's more to that story, I won't, because it's kind of gets crazy, but it was just like, I ended up spending like a week in jail because I was in a car with a gun. And after that, I was just like, man, this shit's just too crazy. Like, let me go, just always wanted to live in New York. I spent all my, like, I spent a lot of time in New York growing up too. So I was just like, I went back to, I went back east and then I just went straight to New York. So that was kind of like, that was a little weird, like from 19 to 20, I was just in LA for a while doing that. And then I moved back, and like that's when I got on Zoo, and I was like, oh, I'm just staying in New York, you know. So that was like my kind of LA, like let me try LA for a little bit. And I was a little back and forth, but it was like two years I was in LA and in the Valley, and I was like, this is crazy. The young Crip life wasn't for you, eh? <laughs> yeah, young Crip life wasn't pulling. It was fun. I mean, I always like LA, but I just I don't know. I mean, I'm out here now, spending more time, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. That's insane. Baron Davis in his prime. Yeah. P. Diddy. Yeah, it was like, yeah, B- Baron Davis, met, met P. Diddy, fucking Chloe. Okay, so I'll tell you that. more to the story. I had to go to court for the gun, and no one was around. I had no car because I was young. I, I was, wasn't making money then either. So Chloe actually gave me a ride to court. Like, <laughs> last time I saw her, I was like, oh, my God, thank God you were giving me rides. But I haven't seen her. Last time I saw her was right when the show started kind of coming out, like right. six or year, seven years ago. And then now I haven't seen her for the longest time. But she uh, she definitely would remember me. It'd be funny. Wow. That's insane. Let's get a ride yeah. to court from Chloe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, I mean, it's living, insane. In, no, insane. And not only that, you know what's funny? I don't, do you remember Forest Trucks? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. I rode for that, yo. Shout out to Raj. <laughs> What? Raj, yeah, Raj. Shout out to Raj. <laughs> yeah, so I wrote for Force, and I, I had an ad, and they gave me a little postcard. They made, like, a postcard of the ad, and I never forget, like, giving one to Chloe, and she was so psyched. She's like, oh, my God, this is so cool. Like, and she <laughs> saved it. Like, I don't, I, she probably didn't have it now, but I'm just saying, like, I just thought that was so weird. And then, but this is, she was literally just a rich girl in L.A. She wasn't Chloe Kardashian, and then all that. Then after all that, like when I went moved back, the reality show started and all that. So, LA shit, LA's weird. And she went on to ruin my man Lamar Odom's life and career. <laughs> yeah, like, damn it. I don't she put that she, on her. She, oh, <laughs> she ruined, I, I, I heard he's a crackhead though, for real. 
Nah, like he was. That's it. He's he's doing better now. I'm hoping he gets on Luke Walton's coaching staff. Yeah. Where did this interview go? So you're sober now. Big time props for that. Can you tell us a wild story about your drinking days? Uh, I mean, there's a there's a million of those, you know. But uh, I don't know. I mean, it all became a blur. <laughs> it was pretty wild. Like I, sometimes I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? Like I was I was just living. I just thought I was a rock star for a little bit or something. Like it was just like I drank already pretty. I always kind of blacked out, and then like once I turned pro and had money and was traveling everywhere, I was just like, whoa, go to the bar and just be like, everybody, shots on me, yeah, you know what I mean? I was just. Trying to go big constantly every night. And I remember traveling and then going on trips and making it back to New York at like, you know, like late at night or something. And, like I'm, and going straight to the bar. It was insane. But I don't know. I mean, there's so many fun times, good times, like bad times, you know. I don't know. It's, it kind of started a lot in those Mission Hill like days and those where I tell people, you know, go to college parties and tell people I went to college. I remember like one time... Zared was at, was in town and he was staying at my house and we were all like at this party and like just I don't just like craziness like uh, I can't even get into it just just so much craziness I don't know <laughs> it's like where to begin like one story to the next but um, I was just I just say I blacked out a lot so I, I don't even remember a lot of stuff but you know <laughs> a lot of like. Strip clubs too. I don't know. Just I can't even. I can't even get into it. I'm like kind of shying around it right now. A lot of cash being burnt, eh? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, what made you decide to go sober then? Well, it was really like relationships around me, like people that were I was close to, or kind of like I don't know. And then the overall spectrum of like I could see that like people were looking at me. They're like, oh yeah, like I just would hate that. To not be myself either and be like and not know not be con- in con- not in control but not to like do stuff that i never thought i would do outside of myself where you're like whoa like and just relationships with like people that were close to me and like girls and stuff just they'd be like i just turned to a different person that i didn't even know about you know and do shit that i thought i'd never that i'd say i never would do just thought it was kind of scary after a while and then even Zared was like, yeah, I just don't think drinking's for you, man. You know what I mean? After a couple of friends tell you that, you're like, yeah. But I wasn't, you know, there's way gnarlier dudes for sure. I just don't think it re- was really a great thing for me. So I just kind of wanted to make, wanted to try to get off it. But I'm just better without it. You know what I mean? I just have a, lo- a lot of fucking energy too. So as soon as I have a couple of drinks, it's like, just gets out of it. I don't know. I can get out of hand. <laughs> Enough respect but, for uh, seeing that in yourself and making the change. Thank you, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's weird because at first it was a little like, uh, just kind of like struggling. Or like I had shame, like I was like shameful about like, just like all the craziness. And then when it's not really that crazy, it's pretty normal in a way. Like everybody's living their life like that, you know. But I don't know, I just, first year was a little like awkward and then after that you just settle into yourself so much better at least for me you know i feel great now it's just more like now when i get like you know it's more like just to take the edge off of life like i understand why anybody would want to have a beer at six o'clock not get out of control but just like Mm -hmm. after a day pound of beer now it's just more like getting out of my head a little bit and having that so just having other outlets and stuff you know right that's dope your zoo york state of mind part is insane Definitely one of our favorites. 
there was a vast array of different kits in that part from Boston gangster steez to some New York trendy vibes. What was that whole era like for you? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm always kind of wearing crazy kits. That's pretty much, you know, my shit. <laughs> but uh, I don't know what vibe. Where, where was that? I was kind of, yeah, I like, grew my hair out for a little bit. And then, I don't know. I forget the New York video kits. And then I, I think I was in the middle of, like, just wearing whatever I'd wear. And then also, like, some baggy kits. And then, like, also, like, having to put on, like, a New York shirt. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I remember that was kind of weird. Though. They're like, oh, yeah, you have to, like, can you just wear this shirt and shoot this photo and film with the shirt? And I was like, oh, kind of struggling with that. <laughs> but uh, I don't remember my kits as much. I don't know. I think it was, like, some kind of baggy Dickies and stuff. I was into Dickies for, like, 10 years. I still am. I always love Dickies. I don't know. What, what, kits, what kits was I wearing in that video? Man, you definitely had some OG Boston kits. I know that back then Toronto was breeding gangsters, but there's still... Still some G skaters coming out of Boston. Yeah, man. there's some a there's the a Canadian there's a Canadian Boston connection in in gangsterism and skating. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> you know, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just more like yeah. When I was younger, Boston's just so like it's even now it's like I'll like leave like Zeb, like I was saying Zabby's like the same person he's always been, but like I'll leave Boston and then go back and people will still be like playing liquid swords and shit like yeah. <laughs> i'm like i know it's the shit but you know there's other stuff too yeah it was crazy i went there for the first time in the fall with, with donovan and i was just shocked it was like we went back to like 2006 there was dgk boards yeah. everywhere yeah baggy yeah. pants everywhere you're like what <laughs> it is crazy this? it was sick yeah. they only do nollie burial flips and switch rail heels and like, <laughs> you know, no lip slides on ledges, yeah. Me and Bones, yo, that's a real connection. Toronto, Boston. Sick. You know Bones, the guy who who runs Eggs, my favorite human probably ever. I see him here and there when I go back. I'm always like, what? <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't get too close, Bones. <laughs> oh man. So we actually have a question from the legend Zeb. From the legend. Yep. How did the music get picked for that part? Your part in New York State of Mind. Oh uh, yeah, everybody hates on that song pretty much. We were I tried a bunch of different stuff. We couldn't get rights for any of the songs that I picked, so I think that was the last second, like, oh let's try this and I think we just heard it on the radio, like, oh this could be cool, but looking back at it it was not the best choice, but we couldn't get rights. I was trying to skate to a lot of Velvet Underground songs that didn't work and I don't know, it just I, for some reason it just didn't work out the right song, but it was like a last second choice you know mm-hmm. and uh how many hours overtime did you put in on the aquarium mani pad because in that part you actually killed that thing and it is it looks like a great mani pad to skate but goddamn, that landing is terrible man i just grew up skating there because i went through a lot of different phases in boston but what happened was basically like pj jeremy zared and they all like kind of blew up and like i grew up skating or that was a big part of my skating with those guys and then they all left and then I was kind of stuck at Aquarium for another couple of years skating that mani pad. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they were, all, they were all, like, Zared was, like, in New York and then traveling all over with Zoo early when he was young. And Jeremy and Zared, I mean, Jeremy and PJ and Gallant all moved out to California. And those were, like, my skate buds for a while. Mm-hmm. So after that, I was just, like, on that company vehicle, just chilling at Aquarium. And just, I was just basically, like, with Zeb those days a lot, like, smoking little joints and skating Aquarium every day, every day. And, like... 
I wasn't that good at manuals, and then for like two years straight, I skated manuals. Like I love, I just fell in love with manuals. I think we just started watching like Penal Code and a lot of like SF skaters and like Lavar McBride and Stevie and people like that. It was just I was just skating flat ground manuals and ledges. That's it for like two two years, three years. Switch big flip yeah. nose Manny though. That's fucking nuts. How long did that take? Dude, that's weird, man. That only took one day. Like a, like an hour or and a half of trying it, two hours. You know? Wow. Did you blow your yeah. own mind on that one? <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, I, I was like, the way I do switch big flips, I was like, oh, I think that would just work right on there. And it just did. It was one of those like, this could work. And just, it was one of those ones where it was like, it just kind of happened. I didn't have to like fight for it. And then like, I also, when I tried, I tried this Nolly, I did Nolly Cab to Nose Manny. Yeah. Similar. In my and for the organica the thing that I did, but that took me four days, oh. all day, every day trying. So it's like that's skating, you know. You never know, that's especially manuals. manuals. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Exactly, that's manuals. Manuals, you never know. Manuals, you could be for hours or days, or they could just kind of happen. Yeah. So I'm just getting into yeah. manuals myself, man. And goddamn, they can they're be frustrating. Fun. They, they're, they're like the the essence of patience in skating. Like mm-hmm. The most patient shit. Yeah. It truly does test your patience. So it's pretty much safe to say that Zeb has the best style in skateboarding and <laughs> some of the best kits. Do you have any funny stories about him? An L.A. one. It just popped in my head. He's, I think he was just like pulled up in L.A. and they were in England. Like Joey Pepper picked him up at the airport. And you know, Zeb is just like, I don't know. You know how he just like looks at people or looks at, like he's just very like, yeah, he's connected. He's connected. <laughs> so I think, I think Joey Pepper picked him up at the airport. And then uh, he, they like pulled over in Inglewood to get to go somewhere, and there was like some bum dude. Oh yeah, he's like some not bum dude, but just some like gangster kind of like street dude on the corner. And Zeb's just like staring out of the car, like just got to LA, like second time to LA ever. First, he's just looking at the dude, like you know, like Inglewood, like just like whatever. And Joey's driving, like kind of like notice how he's looking, and the dude just turns over and goes, "What are you looking at, little faggot?" <laughs> Jesus. But I just thought it was the best thing. Like, of course, like Zeb gets that experience. Like, I think it was his first time or second time to LA. You know what I mean? <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. Jeez, welcome to Cali. Oh, he's yeah, yeah, exactly. But he's had a bunch of Zeb's just crazy. Like, he always kind of like. I mean, I love him. Not crazy, crazy in a good way, but he's always something's always going on with him. Where like. He misses a train and stays somewhere for a month or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, loses his wallet and just, like, something happens, you know? He sent me a, a video the other day, and he's sitting in traffic in Boston, and beside him in a pickup truck is one of the, like, most famous Boston Bruins, a guy, Brad Marchand. And he's filming him, and he's yelling at the guy, Brad Marchand. He's like, yo, say you're listening to the bunt. And the guy, the hockey player is looking at him like, what are you talking about? And he's yelling it again. He's like, yo, say eggs report. Say eggs report. And the hockey player's like, this guy needs to go, man. Like, oh, God. I love that, dude. But that's what, that's what I mean. He'll just talk to anybody. Like, he's just like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> say yeah. eggs report. His laugh. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> crazy stuff. Oh, man. He's got a hell of a Nolly burial flip, though. That's for sure. Yeah. Donald, before we go any further, let's remind the people what's really good with Brixton. 
Brixton is inspired by music, culture, and the people who surround them. Brixton is the collaboration of three friends who wanted to convey their lifestyle through unique products. Each piece is constructed with the commitment to bringing you a high quality and limited product that you'll want to hold on to forever. Brixton's all about giving back, hence the size and variety of the Brixton Union. From legendary surfers to skaters, Chippa Wilson, Troy Elmore, Brad Cromer, Jason Jesse, Kenny Anderson, the list goes on. And here at The Bunt, our favorite Brixton Union member is none other than Canada's own Xander Mitchell. Skate rap for life out of Montreal. Xander be looking ultra fresh in them streets in that Brixton gear. Keep your eyes peeled for Xander this summer at Peace Park in Montreal and all over the East Coast. Repping the transport cargo short, perfect for skating in those hot summer days. We're so hyped to be part of the Brixton family, and now y'all can join too by heading over to Brixton.com and getting fresh for summer 17. Switch flip into the courthouse, bank to drop in New York. Probably one of the nicest photos in skateboarding. Take us behind the scenes on that sesh. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. That was kind of another one. That was a luck of. That was like a another on the spot, like kind of like oh shit, like it just worked. Cause I thought about it. Actually, it was like oh, like you know when you're all in skating, sometimes you're like, oh I could do that, and then you try something, you're like your mind is like five steps ahead of where you're at, mm-hmm. always kind of. So I thought I could like switch tray flip into it, oh. and then, or something. And then I actually remember being with PJ was in town a long time ago. He was just he's like oh, switch flip would be cool. I was like. Oh yeah, Switchfoot would be cool too. I don't think anybody did that. Like I was just like <laughs> thinking crazy at the time, and then like uh, a couple weeks later, I was like, yeah, why don't I try that? And then skated by, and then was with Gavin, and like rolled down, rolled off at Switch like a couple times off the drop part, and then was like, I think I could just do that. And then I literally called RB and Alan Ying, just like, and I don't, I shot with Alan for a little bit, but Alan was just cool because he was always available, like he was always down, like. I would have shot. I would have called Marrying or somebody or whoever, but it was literally just RB was around and they were like, I was like, do you guys want to? Like, I didn't make the plan to go there. You know what I mean? We were just skating downtown and I rolled off at Switch and I was like, I think I could try this. So I just called them. They came. Both came 15 minutes and tried it for like 15 minutes and just did it. It was one. Yeah, it was just like some of the best things happen like that. Most of the things I like a gnarly trick. I usually would have like think about it and plan it but that was another one that was lucky you know but yeah alan just shot such a great photo for some reason it was just like so perfect like the way from where he was and it was like fall and there was like yellow trees in the background it was just yeah that's dope like, man spur of the moment yeah. yeah popped off and i want and then and then zared was like wanted to switch tray flip into it and i kind of did too but then i think he went for it one time I switched tray flip like late like a year later and then I like I landed on it with one foot but I never like really went for it. But then Zared was like, I'm trying that, you know, so it was like <laughs> I didn't wanna like he's like one of my you know, boys, so I was like, Alright, I'm not gonna But we me and Zared have had a couple of things where I was like we don't skate alike really, but then there's a couple of, like switch tricks kinda that would be like, Oh, I was gonna do that or I could do that, yeah. you know. You both so. are savage with the switch fifties and like switch trays and shit like that. Yeah, I think some of those switch tricks we would like butt heads on, like I was gonna do that. Like I remember there was a trick in the zoo video that he kind of told me he wanted to do, but it was like months later. I'm like, well, he's not going to do it. And then I did it and he was kind of bummed. I, think. <laughs> like, I was like, whatever, bro, you weren't going to do it. <laughs> but we're like so close and 
like good in that way you know what i mean it's like we push each other i think for sure yeah so. what was the trick i want to go watch it oh like in the zoo video actually too when i did like switch all up a little curb and then a switch 5-0 on the the three-stair ledge front 180 into a grate which you can't skate anymore it's like a, it was just a random little switch 5-0 front 180 he was like oh i think we were just like walked by one day like oh switch 5-0 180 would be cool and like it just he just like, kind of mentioned it and then oh, like hell no <laughs> he went back yeah. and finished it you snaked <laughs> man <just> <laughs> Yeah, well, it's like if it's after like six months, I'm like, well, he waited his time. That's such a specific <laughs> trick, though. You could have just switched five oh it out straight or front shove out. Damn, B. I know, but it was perfect for the 180. And I know I can do it. You know, so. I got to examine this clip yeah. and just check how harsh of a snake that is. Yeah, I got. Maybe pee. we should maybe we should do an interview with Zared later and bring it up. See if he even remember. He might not even remember, but he probably would. He's pretty like. If we get Zared on the show, we'll definitely bring it up and see if he remembers. There's two sides to yeah. every story. He's probably yeah, yeah. It's, it's always so funny. bummed. <laughs> I know he was probably like, man, I was so pissed at him that day. Like, <laughs> I was about to do it the next day. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be all right. So just tell us a little bit about the velour suit, man. Growing up in Scarborough, I saw many people attempt to pull it off. None of them ever really did. Did you know it would go down as one of the most memorable kits in skating? I rocked that for a month straight, pretty much. Like, I thought it was just like... <laughs> like, I just go through weird... Like, I just... I was just hanging out in downtown Boston every day. Like, going to, like, reggae nights with my brother and just, like, just so into, like... Boston hit little hip hop scene. Just, I don't, I don't even know. I was just like, I need a velour suit. Like usually, if I just got like the craziest one that they had. It just said Boston in green and yellow. You know what I mean? It wasn't just like a black velour suit. It was like the brightest one. It was, I don't know. I just, I was just psyched on. I wore it for a month straight, and then I actually started like filming like a lot of skateboards. I think I have other clips with the velour suit. I should find because so many people talk. I should find like all the clips with the velour suit, like, yeah. like the velour suit part that never came out. But I remember filming a bunch with it, and in that time period, I did like a couple pretty crazy tricks with the suit on. I don't know. There was actually two suits from the same place. It was a velour suit, and then it was a, there was a, a brown linen suit, like a really like an old school pimp kind of like like it was really baggy on it, but it was brown linen, and uh, like. There's a clip in my Vicious Cycle part too. In the same video part, I have it's a brown linen suit. I have like a little rag coming out of my back pocket and just like. Oh my wow. God, the Kit King man, gotta watch yeah. that part again. <laughs> and uh, but the velour suit, yeah, I think I was psyched. Like, yeah, I'm gonna skate. I'm gonna do something gnarly with the velour suit. Like, no one's gonna do something gnarly with the velour suit. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was like, I just like front boarded that big ass rail in it. And but I I remember what's funny too is I remember like. Wet, Wenning was kind of like, you know, sweat doing lines with sweatpants and stuff. But I heard when Wenning saw that, I heard he was like super size. He was like, what? And then every time it came on at Supreme, I remember when the video came out, we would just all pause and be like, what? Kind of making fun of it, but kind of hyped, you know? Just one of those phases. Seems like the cons team's been traveling nonstop. What's going on with uh, the new video and what have your uh, favorite trips been so far? I don't know. I didn't go on too many trips past six months but we just went to baltimore and washington that was cool but yeah the video's on they kind of just said that they're filming for it i mean they were it was kind of vague like yeah we're thinking about doing a video then like i feel like two months ago like, oh yeah we're doing it and the deadline's november i'm like all right but i haven't had a part for a while so i have footage right now that i'm pretty stoked on just so i'm not like i don't feel like behind or anything but uh i'm i'm psyched i'm like just want to get some crazies in there some gnarly tricks but 
I'm pretty I'm pretty sparked. We haven't. They're traveling. Converse is traveling a lot, but there's a lot of people, so it, not everybody goes on every trip. But uh, I'm going to Paris at the end of this month, so that'll be fun. God damn, Sick. man! What kind of uh, kits can we expect in your new video part, dog? Anything legendary? I'm trying to think. I had I had long. I just cut my hair, but I had crazy long hair, and I had some different crazy colored pants. I think I got some blue pants kits. Yeah, some blue <laughs> pants like. Uh, I don't know. I had. I'm, I, th- I don't think I filmed any regular trick clips with it, but I had this Gallagher kit that was like I was watching. I was like, damn, that kit's crazy. What was it? Cause usually I wear something. And the next day I'm like, well, I was wilding, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I had a Gallagher kit. You know, Gallagher, the guy that smashes the pumpkins. He's like a comedian guy, and like he wears like uh, what are they? Scally caps or like Boston Irish hats? But it and overalls. I don't know. He doesn't wear them in all of them, but. He, I had this, it's kind of a Gallagher kit. It was like, I was wearing these hats and this like, these overalls with no shirt under. It was a pretty <laughs> wild kit. Jeez. But I don't think I got any clips regularly with it. But uh, every time I think I'm gonna like tone down, I'll just still whip some shit out. But Step it back up. That's dope. You gotta, you gotta switch 50 or switch lip in your, in your next part? That's, that's, what I'm, that's what I need. I have, I, I, I got, I'm trying to think if I have one already. Signature hammers from you, yo. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I wanted to go back and switch lip that Bronx hubba that I switched 50. Just go for some gnarlies, you know? Which one? Oh, the, the kinked one? Yeah. It's in the zoo video. Jesus fuck. That's what I, like, basically, I, I, I kind of have some good footage already that I'm pretty psyched on, but I kind of need to just go for some crazies, you know what I mean? Just to fuck it, you know? You got some NBDs for the people? You always fucking have at least one or two ledge tricks that are fucked. I, I, I got a manual i never seen done. I got to I gotta spend some more time on the NBDs. But I, have a, I, have, I think I have a lot of lines. Yeah, I want to get... I want to go for some crazy shit. I have some, some crazy ideas. I don't know. It's just like, you never know. Turn up. Well, um, if you go finish yeah. that switch tray, whew, the man nah, is ready. I don't know. I think you can't really skate that spot anymore. They it's all fenced it up off and good. shit now, eh? Yeah. yeah. Heavy security. Even when we were there last, it was all fenced off, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't get up there. <clears throat> What's his face? Got a clip? Uh, Frankie Spears? Oh, yeah, there? Frankie. Oh, yeah. Frankie to the other side, yeah. The other side's a little better. That was crazy. That kid is insane. Yeah. Got back Smith of pain. Jesus. So you have a capsule line with uh, cons coming out. When can we expect yeah. to see it, and uh, where did you draw your inspiration for it? Yeah, um, we it was gonna come out sooner, but then now, but now we're holding it till December, and uh, it's funny. The shoe kind of comes from this like this this car that Hav had, Hav Nunez in L.A. It was like this all black car. It kind of looks like a Jordan. It's like all black with like a little red stripe around the bottom. So it's kind of basic all black leather with a red stripe. But then like I've been like super reggae dance hauled out, and I just made this little like Zion like flag in the back. It's just kind of cool little. I thought it was going to be a little too bright. I was a little worried, but then I was like, but it it looks pretty chill. It's not that bad, but it's kind of like black, like low key black gangster with a little bit of red. But then the Chuck, because I'm doing a one star, but on the Chuck, I put a little Becky sign on the bottom too. So we're going to just put together like a a Becky video to go with that too, because we've been working on our video, but It'll pretty much just be a video part for me with just other, other kids that are involved with Becky and stuff like that. But that'll be a whole like VHS video too. 
So Sick. we've been filming all VHS stuff. It looks pretty. Looks pretty cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you a couple of clips. Throw in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Becky family. You know? Yeah, and and Cons is. I'll, I'll send you a VHS camera. Yeah. You, know, you can film some clips. Cons is a sister family to Nike. You know what I'm saying? Oh God. Might have to yeah. get. Might have to send me a box of them. Them cons too. Shit. Can't get in trouble for that. Hell yeah. <laughs> the fake is hell yeah. Um, send me this YouTube you link. Are, dude. Uh, you sound really excited to see Staples 20. <laughs> Can't wait, man. Just send me, send me the link, bro. He's going to lose our phone number as soon as he hangs up here. <laughs> nah, man. Just uh, kidding. Yeah, no, I'm psyched, though. It's, uh, it's, it's just a, it's kind of a random capsule thing, but the actually the artwork for the t shirt was. Because I was telling you, my mom's an artist. She, I, she kind of did this little drawing, so it's cool. She's gonna, she did the drawing for the shirt, and it's also the artwork in the insole. So oh. it's got a couple different things going on with it, but, and then there'll be like long sleeves and jacket and a couple different things to, all together tied in. So, oh yeah, I'm pretty man. psyched. Yeah. Looking forward to it. This was really good. Yeah. So, uh, who is Pete Gardini? <laughs> Pete Gardini is like some guy from New Mexico who lived in Boston forever, but he did that trick that I always do when I was a kid, so I learned it from him. And then I forget, I remember learning it when I was a kid, then all of a sudden I started whipping it out. And then I was like, that's the thing, like even with clothes and then skate tricks, like I just go through weird phases. Like I'll do the, I was doing the Gardini like for like a year straight. Just for the people, which, uh, which trick is that? It's the Nolly Fast Plant, right? Yeah, Nolly Fast Plant. The Gardini. Yeah, the, the, we call it the Gardini in Boston, but I guess no one really does that trick. But um, it's not, I mean, I, I don't know. People, Some people hate on it, you know what I mean? It's kind of a weird trick, but it's just more fun, you know? And uh, yeah, he just did that when I was a kid. So I just, I just have, it's just a fun trick, you know? It's just a weird trick that I do, I guess. But uh, I go through all weird phases in skating. That's what I was thinking about. Like After the Gardini, I did hippie hops for like a year straight. And I was just like, and then after a while, I was like, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> you know? It's funny watching all your parts, like thinking of questions and stuff. You can definitely see the phases, the many phases of Eli Reed. Yeah. Like there was fucking the manual phase or, you know what I mean? It's like, I like to skate every part of skateboarding. You know, there is. I haven't had a crit, I had a vert phase when I was a kid, but not so much on the vert. But uh, last year I was skating barriers. Like some of the footage that I, is saved for Converse and Becky shit is uh, I have like tons of barrier footage I just started skating barriers some of my Instagram clips have some shit on there but I just got really into barriers like trying to do real quarter pipe tricks on just regular barriers Jesus I thought it was kind of cool yeah nice so what's next for Eli Reed? putting out that capsule filming this Converse video apart have a couple like clothing line projects I'm doing like a collab collaboration with this brand called Rochambeau that should be fun and kind of like <clears throat> this art collaboration thing it's kind of like outside of skateboarding more fashion shit but nice that I don't know I got a couple of working on a couple of random things but mainly in skating just just those two things working with Converse and then the Becky video will tie into that and just you know slowly pushing Becky hell yeah turn up I do up there. <laughs> Y'all know what time it is. It's rapid fire with the ghost. And this week we brought to you by Exo Skate Shop. 
Exo Skate Shop is stocked up on all the new shapes Welcome has to offer. You know they got that 8 inch Phoenix board and you can go all the way up to the 9 inch sledgehammer shape, you dig? If you in Quebec, make sure you get there in store, get that Welcome skateboard. And if not, get online and order yours at exoshop.com. Summon something this summer, you dig? Are you ready, my dude? Yeah. Favorite skater? Uh, so hard to pick one, but maybe Mark Gonzalez if I had to. Favorite video? Are you trilogy? Favorite video part? Andrew Reynolds, The End. Favorite style? Robbie Gan Jimmy. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth? Rodney Mullen. Favorite trick? A Wally. Hardest trick for you? Inward heel flips. Most illegal trick? Pressure flip. Favorite clip you've ever gotten? Maybe like a nolly cab nose manny at the aquarium. Ain't nothing wrong that with that. That felt good after after four days of trying it. You know. I bet. Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? I guess switch tray for blip slide the blubba Zared was pretty fucking gnarly. I was gnarly. Worst bunt of your career? That's like every day I wake up and try to skate. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like I got that. Ah, oh, fuck, I don't know. I had this switch ollie in the Bronx that I never landed. That the photo came out that was like really gnarly. So I still kind of feel like guilty about that when yeah, <laughs> it came out. Best trick you've ever done that wasn't caught on film? I think there's just a trick that like I filmed that the, the filmer missed when I was a kid. I switched up this like huge grass cap, but uh, it was like a big like 10 stair, but it was like really gnarly for me at the time and the filmer missed it. And I was like, it's too gnarly. I can't do it again. <laughs> Damn, yeah. that's gangster. That hurts. Yeah. What's the one trick that got away? Do you remember in Minefield, like Jake Johnson front blunts, like a New York median that goes down and it's like super eight, but it's like the gnarliest front blunt on like the middle of like a New York's like Yeah, median. yeah, yeah. I remember that. That thing's so yeah. tall. It's super tall. Right around that same time, I tried to back when any nose grind that and I'd get to the end a million times and it wasn't like the craziest trick, but I just really wanted like a good back when any nose grind. I'd never filmed like a good back when any nose grind and I love that trick, but I would do it like... It was like, you know, high and long. I just couldn't ride away, but I had it. But that was one that I was pretty bummed about. Damn. What's the last new trick you learned? I kind of just did like a, a random trick. It wasn't like too crazy, but like a switch back 180 manual to shove it, like just a little shove, like regular shove out. Yeah, that would look cool. Who's your guilty pleasure skater? Oh, you know who I fucking think is... I mean, a lot of people like this too, but I think he's sick. Is, is it Forrest Edwards? Oh, yeah. That like... That dude's sick. I mean, is that is that a guilty pleasure? I don't know. He's just gnarly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He's the man. Favorite local brand? My new favorite brand is Hav, Hav Nunez has a brand now called Throw Craze. And he has this shirt that says no, no bozos. So I like that. Favorite local skater? Zeb. Let's throw Zeb in there. What? He's going to be so hyped. Favorite teammate ever? Well, I'd say Zared Bassett. He's you know, like, it's my best best friend teammate whatever you know big bro worst company z rollers that was pretty shitty huh that's pretty bad <laughs> going after the truck company they might still be alive worst trend the cut off pants thing is a little like even though I'll, I'll i'll wear it all too like i have some cutoffs but i don't know there's certain people when you see it doing it as a trend or doing it just because somebody else does it it's, it's it's like a little obvious but cutoffs is like but I wear cutoffs too, so I'm a, <laughs> I'm a part of all, all the trends. Yeah, I wear them too, man. Hating on me too, eh? 
I mean, I wear the craziest kits of all, so what can I say, you know? Worst style. Maybe like a Andy Mack, I'll throw him under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Last person you want on the sesh? The filmer. <laughs> like kind of as a joke, you know what I mean? Because every time you like call the filmer, you're like, oh, fuck. You feel obliged, man. Yeah. That's a rapidy rap, but before we go, can you answer these two questions for me? Did you sleep with anyone at the Playboy Mansion? Uh, give me my honest thing. I didn't because I had a girl that helped me set up that thing, and oh. I wasn't really into those girls to be honest. But <laughs> I've had I've had my fair share of some big timers, but not always. <laughs> what was the first try like on that Switch Fifty Fifty, the double kink rail? Oh, in the the California one. Yeah, how was scary it? was that? That was actually kind of mellow because you could jump over the other side on the bank. It wasn't that bad. You could just it was just fifty fifteen, jump off, jump off, and then just committing for it, you know. So There you have it, man. That clip was yeah. pure pain, yo, no respect. Insane. Thank you. All right, y'all, that's gonna wrap up our interview with Eli. My man, thank you so much for doing this with us. Yeah, thank you guys. Hell yeah. Turn up. Boston to T dot. Staying strong. All right, it's time for the post office. As usual, brought to you by our good friends at Time Bomb Trading. This year for Go Skateboarding Day, June 21st in Vancouver, Time Bomb is holding an event starting at 12 p.m. at the Vancouver Skate Plaza, brought to you by America, Stance, and Rourke. The plan is to barge through downtown, hit all the classic spots, Black Ice, Terry Fox, the Art Gallery, and ended up at the boardroom for a big time barbecue where they'll be handing out cash for tricks going down all day. The after party will be at Fortune Sound Club with hip hop karaoke and the Booyah Patrol launch. Turn up, y'all better be there. You've got mail. Alright, first up, we got an email from Evan Kaiso. What's up, y'all? First, I want to give a thank you for making my commute to work each day much better. I'm fucking tired of hearing about Trump and NPR every morning. Yeah, we got you. Uh, what do you guys think about Charles Barkley going to the NHL Stanley Cup final game over in the NBA Finals? Cheers. I don't think he necessarily went to one over the other, did he? No, because he had to be at the, the finals. They yeah. Did. TNT doesn't have the finals, but they still do this post-game coverage shit. But uh, I got nothing but love for that. Uh, he's a huge hockey fan. He's boys with Gretzky. He barged his press conference after the game. Some funny shit. And honestly, I think a lot of a lot of dudes, like retired NBA players and stuff, aren't that hyped on this series. At the time, I think it was 2-0 or 3-0. No point in like wasting my time here. Let me go enjoy some finals that are actually popping off and competitive. And uh, that's what the man did, yo. Charles Barkley, one of my favorite people of all time. Yeah, bottom line is, just like me and say, you can be a fan of both sports. And hey, when you got the money like Charles, slip out of work from the NBA Finals, slide over and enjoy an NHL game. Hey, if you can do it, why not, man? I'd be fucking doing it, that's for sure. All right, next up, we got an email coming in from Andre. What's poppin', B? Recently got into the bun and been going through all the episodes, especially appreciating the ball love. Got a couple questions for y'all. Which NBA player would make for a good pro skater and why? I mean, I think I've already answered this one before, and I went with Russell Westbrook, just his pure power and speed. I'm just dying to see Russell Westbrook do a backsmith on something. We already mentioned also Dennis Schroeder skates, but on my Explore page on Instagram, 
his shit popped up on my thing and he was at the skate park front boarding a rail this summer uh doing a manual go lurk that i forget his thing but if you type in dennis schroeder you'll see that right quick but other than him i think mike conley would be a sick skater i don't know why he's just uh swaggy he's got good style on the court he's not crazy he's cool calm and collected i think he'd be a good ledge skater Maybe get some manis so, I was gonna say maybe some manis. All right, next question: Is Lonzo Ball the basketball equivalent of Nigel Houston? I'm gonna have to go with no. No, I don't see any resemblance. Nigel is, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this is gonna be a no. He's dusty. Next up and last question: Can the Sixers become a serious contender in the East with their new young core? Keep up the good work, fellas. Shit, man, it's gonna take a couple years. I think it's gonna take a couple years for anybody to be uh, a real contender in the East, the way the Cavs are uh, running show. Hey, man, you got Ben Simmons. You got, uh, what's the other guy's name? You got Embiid, if he can stay healthy. Sarge. Yeah, oh, oh, I know all about the homie, Sarge. Yeah, they got to add a couple more pieces, but anything's possible, I guess. They've got a lot of cap space because their entire team's so damn young. A couple of vets that they can get rid of. It's uh, big things can pop this summer for them and over the next couple of years. If Embiid stays healthy, don't be surprised if they're perennial uh, playoff team, top four kind of thing, and eventually contenders. Next up, we got an email from Brennan Khan. Who would beat who in an old-fashioned game of skate? I got the ghost on it, can't lie. Yeah, well, he's fucking right, all right? You, you got it right, all right, Brennan? The guy's been whooping me for years, but it is what it is, man. I... I ain't a model of consistency on the skateboard, that's for sure. <laughs> Donald's beat me a bunch of times over the years, but I gotta say, probably if we had the all-time count, you know what I'm saying, I might be in the lead a little. <laughs> but Donald can just fall on easy shit, so that's why he'll, he'll probably catch a couple letters early in the game, and then he turns Super Saiyan. I hate that. And then he starts banging off, like, Nolly Vario flips and, like, everything. But, yeah, if you can get him early with, like, some Nolly heels... Even a switch flip, like his go-tos, sometimes catch him, on, catch him on a primo on some shoves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the man knows me too well. Yeah, I got a tr I got problems getting warmed up in the game. That's the that's my issue. <laughs> All right, next up we got an email coming in from Graham, and uh, it's a long one, so brace yourselves. Last episode at the post office, aka sometimes the roast office, some dude mentioned Jamie Thomas taking the Kook Award away from Clint Walker. Having seen the skate Nazi in real life, I could wholeheartedly agree with this one. A few examples from one demo in particular. Jamie once argued with a friend of mine because he was blasting airs higher than the pros in the demo. Jamie was like, you probably skate this thing every day. My friend tried to explain that he was just hyped to be skating with the pros, but God forbid the locals embarrass the drill sergeant's elite squadron. So Jamie made him stop, even though the whole team was super cool about him skating. Hold on. Okay, let's take a break there. Uh... <laughs> I got to interject because I'm not a fan of people skating during demos. I, I hate that. I, I hate that. Can't stand it. If you're local and you skate there all the time, like everyone's seen you do all your tricks all the time. No one's there to watch you skate. You're there to watch the pros, put some respect on their name. They're traveling around the country for the kids, promoting their shit. It's not time for the locals to try and put on a show. Yeah, give them a couple hours to do their thing. Do do your thing while before they get there, you know, pros are always late to demos you got enough time to show off but once they get there and they're doing their thing just just chill and enjoy the demo yeah a couple mans in t-dot could learn from that all right moving on 
David Reyes was also skating in that same demo, but stacked a heavy primo off the stair set, so he chilled for a second to stretch his foot. Then Jamie comes up. Uh, then Jamie comes up and says, "What are you doing? Why aren't you skating?" Then forced him to skate right after. David tried to explain that he just viciously landed primo, and I was waiting for him to yell, "Fall in line, soldier!" Sounds pretty gnar. Jesus, yeah, I can't back that part of the story, <laughs> but uh, it's pretty intense. <laughs> Also, as an indigenous skater, I have to strip this redneck fool of the nickname The Chief for reasons I shouldn't have to explain. Clint's old name, Captain Kook, is much more fitting. But let's leave on a positive note. Who was a big name pro or am you met that was more down to earth than you thought? It is said that you should never meet your idols, but is there anyone who exceeded your expectations? Well, we met a bunch of legends through doing this show and... In particular, Rick McCrank and Brian Anderson. I didn't expect them to be whack, but they were the absolute nicest people yeah. ever. Just such a pleasure talking to them. So that was a pleasant surprise. Another one I would say would be uh, definitely P-Rod. I mean, for our generation, we he was the top dog in bloom. Yeah, right. We, we praised that guy, City Stars. I love that guy. Watch his parts over and over and over. And then uh, to be able to sit down and do an interview with him was uh, pretty eye-opening. The guy's a real one, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. All three of those guys, super legends in the game, but so humble and so nice. All right, next up, we got an email from Thug Life. <laughs> Yo, colossal shout-out from the UK. Only discovered your podcast recently and instantly loved it. I've destroyed nearly all the episodes already. I'm 30, so we're the same generation, and it's crazy how similar your opinions are to mine. It's like I'm listening to me and my friends talk about skating. Keep up the excellent work. I've really been enjoying listening to your episodes on my commute to work. Yo, shouts to you and everyone in the UK and everyone around 30 years old. That's our, <laughs> our demographic, you know what I'm saying? No, I'm just kidding. It. All ages, welcome. Top boy. I listened to the Felper episode, and I noticed that he flamed you out for calling San Francisco Frisco. That was completely unnecessarily aggressive. Textbook Phelps behavior. Anyways, I was trolling YouTube in my hungover state the other morning, and I watched the following clip again as I remembered it being good. It's the video where that DJ Gowden guy switched backside flips the uh, huge set in SF that Greco switched frontside flip. Anyways, if you watch the clip, you'll notice that Phelps refers to San Francisco as Frisco himself at one point. So there you have it. Take that, Phelps. This email is pretty petty. <laughs> but isn't that what skateboarding is all about? Besides, I couldn't have Phelps talking to you players like that. Huge respect, Tupac Shakur. That is respect. We got the homies in the UK looking out for us. Man, Phelps was coming at me and say hard all episode, that one. All I got to say is I had a whole new love and appreciation for Phelps after that, though. I know he, he's harsh, but he had me and Donald cracking up. And you can't fault the guy for being real as fuck like he's not fake so if he was being fake then maybe i'd you know not be down but like he's actually just that's just who he is so i don't know can't fault him for that you put dono in his place <laughs> better never call that man felper again i did unfortunately the like weird part is if, if you keep listening to it i call him phelps again later in the thing he just didn't catch on yeah i think he just wanted to come in mad hot i feel him dogs this is a barn burner lifestyle on the button man <laughs> gotta bring that shit whether you're burning ramps or you're coming at the host like just bring the fire man and phelps brought it so mad love for him gotta respect the man for that one he would probably would have slapped you in the face if it was in person are you kidding me <laughs> 
All right, next up, we got an email from James Toem, international friend of the show. Love you, big dog. What's good, guys? Mitch Barrett episode was lit. Just wanted to drop you a few quick lines and say keep up the good work. Definitely miss skating back home in the six. Yeah, you heard that right, the six. Glad you guys are holding it down and giving my former home turf, Dumbat, the international exposure it sorely deserves. Sad to not see the ghost make it to Copenhagen earlier this year. Berghain must have been his final stop on the Euro trip. Believe me, I get it. Berlin is probably one of my favorite places. They've got some next level cafes. Let me seg into my question by saying that I love sex. <laughs> I have it all the time. <laughs> ghost, how many girls have you done blessed in the game, fam? And do you think that it is more or less than the legend Christians VTech? Peace, James. Uh, damn, B. Well, <laughs> man wants some info on you, G. First off, I'm bummed I didn't get to make it to Copenhagen either, but I'm claiming it right now. I'm coming back out to Berlin to visit my main man, Sebastian Lyman, again. Formerly known as Bass Motion. So, Tom, you'll either have to come see us or we'll come see you. But we gonna do it up this summer, you dig? And uh, as far as how many girls I made it pop with, <laughs> I do up there. <laughs> uh, let's just say Mitch is in the rearview mirror. You smell me? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, more or less than Svitak. Come on, dog. You know that Nigan on my level. All right. That I don't know what he's saying these days, but he sure as hell ain't making it pop like the ghost. <laughs> With his newfound bunt fame, ain't nothing, ain't, ain't nothing holding the goals yeah, back. The out DMs there, are popping these days. Yeah, you heard it here first. All right, y'all. That's gonna wrap up the post office. It's a short one this week. We missing them audio notes. Someone please leave us a voicemail. God damn it! <laughs> or start some beef popping in this. We need we need some beef going in the post office for season four. Who was that guy that was coming at us at the earlier in the season? What was that guy's name? He's mad quiet now. Yeah, I guess. ain't heard from him. All my haters are quieted down. All the haters. You might have just woke them up, B. Yeah, let's hear it, man. We're trying to get it spicy for the last three episodes, all right? <laughs> all right, y'all. It's time for the rundown. The skateboard world source for sports. Man, as one, uh, one of our favorite sports comes to an end, it seems like the other is just starting to heat up. I'm referring to the comeback that is happening from the Cavs and the Golden State, but uh, we'll get to that in a second. Let's spark this off with the NHL, dog. I can't believe you went against me, man. Wait, can I just rewind it back? Because we always get called out for this, but uh, maybe we should change it to the skateboard world source for basketball, hockey, and football news. <laughs> because we neglecting hella sports out here. All right, the big three. Skateboard world source for the big three. Yeah, Turn up. baseball, uh, maybe one day. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Pittsburgh came through, did their thing. I ain't going to hate, you know, Crosby, he's Canadian, so got to be proud that the uh, the second coming of Gretzky, maybe the second greatest of all time, was Canadian. So that's dope. Was hoping my boy PK would make it pop, you know what I'm saying? Black man out of Scarborough. Mm. You know I had to cheer his ass on, but uh, it's big things for Nashville. Wonderful fan base. I'm hyped. Hopefully they can build on it, get get back there next year, and uh, we'll see what pops. They really had something going on down there in the streets of Nashville. They said last night there was over 106,000 people inside and outside the arena. So, I mean, they did get ripped off. That goal in the first period definitely should have counted. 
which uh, the whistle got blown a little early. Ref lost sight of the puck. It happens, you know, refs are just human, but uh, it's definitely a terrible way to go down because the game would have been a lot different. But uh, big things looking in Nashville. They got the defensive core. They got some good young players. But I mean, we're talking about Sid the Kid, man. It's like all the guy does is win. It's actually insane. Three Stanley Cups, back-to-back Conn Smythe winner. I mean, I was kind of confused on who was going to win the MVP because I didn't think anybody was um, that special. But uh, I guess when all else fails, you give it to the captain, right? So Sid the Kid takes one home. And uh, shout out to One Up Skate Shop in Pittsburgh, man. Made some sick hats. If you live in Pittsburgh and ain't rocking one of those, you're tripping, that's for sure. Yeah, they, they had to give it to it, man. The NHL struggles with um, finding giving, a face. Finding a face and just giving their players an identity. I mean, it's harder with masks on and shit, but it's the same, same problem football has. They're more about, it seems like they're more about the league than their individual players and marketing them. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's why I think that's one of the reasons why we've seen basketball, you know, leapfrog some of these other sports in terms of popularity. Absolutely. There's NHL players that might have less followers than me and you on Instagram. Sadly so. You know what I'm saying? You know, we ain't trying to toot our own horn, but maybe we are. (laughs) Anyways, big, big things for Pittsburgh. Respect. First back-to-back champ since... Detroit, which is in quite a long time ago. 97? Yeah, it was, it was the late 90s. It's got to be hard as hell to climb that hill all over again, but they got a hell of a team, man. Kessel, goddamn, Kessel, two for two. One of the main Canadian broadcasters was down on the ice, and he said Phil Kessel skated by him after they won, and all he said was two for two, eh? Just get his little digs in there from his rough time in TDOT. So. God damn. I love to see uh, Phil enjoying his time and doing well. He's going to spend some time on the lake this summer, that's for sure. Damn, I thought a lot of Toronto fans were bitter about Kessel going on to better things. How can you hate on the guy, man? He, he did his job here. It was just a terrible fit. The guy scored 30 goals every time he was here, every season. But we just didn't have a team that was uh, built like Pittsburgh where they needed a guy like that, you know? So I got no hard feelings for Phil. I loved it when he was in town. Real talk. So you're like me and Vince Carter, forgive and forget. Absolutely. The guy's got two rings now. How can I hate on him, man? Shit. Yeah, Nashville fans, be proud. That's eight seeds. Going to the finals doesn't happen every day. Enough respect to Nashville. Should we move on? Yeah. Damn, you were just pretty intrigued in that NHL conversation for three minutes. I watched like 15 minutes of game two, man. Big tanks, bro. Big, Big time tanks. fan. You see any Niedermeyers out there? No. Honestly, when I came over today, I, I didn't know if you had known that it ended or not. So yeah, I check NHL.com <laughs> once in a while when I remember that a game probably happened in the last couple days. Yeah. So that's it for the NHL season. All right, let's get over to the NBA because we know it's starting to heat up. Hey, it's tip off in two hours. Can't wait. Uh, game four put a little fear in my heart just because I'll never forget last year. It was the most devastating thing. I was just so confident after 3-1 and 2-0. You know, I'm not going to lie, I'm a little scared, but I think the Warriors are going to remember Game 5 last year and not having Draymond, and I think they're going to stab the Cavs in the heart tonight and remind them who's boss and what would have happened last year if Draymond had played. I think Game 5 has huge significance. That's what I was going to say. Do you agree in saying that this is probably the biggest game 
aside from if they make it to game seven. I feel like if they get back to Cleveland for game six, they're probably going to win. They got the momentum. They got the home court. Nothing's for sure in this world of sports. You know anything can happen, but I feel like this is a huge one tonight. Oh, so huge. I'm, I can't wait to watch the game. I feel like the Cavs, there's no way they can redo what they did last game. That was near perfection, the game they played. Exactly. So, you know, they're going to be away crowd. The Warriors are going to come out guns blazing, probably pop off in the first quarter much harder. They still had a pretty good thir- first quarter. They scored like 36 points. I know, I know. But the Cavs, like I'm saying, all those, all the role players yeah. uh, lived up to the hype of like JR, going baby. home. They're going to play better. Just like game three, if the Cavs had played that game against any other team in the league, they would have won. Same thing as game four. That one. If the Warriors sick. had played game four against any other team in the league, they would have won. For it's sure. just that the other team was that much better. And I don't think the Cavs will be able to do that on the road. That's a good point. If they win, though, if the Cavs win this, I'm officially going to have a heart attack. <laughs> and I don't even know if I'll be able to watch game six. This is definitely the most anticipated game of the year. Me and the Ghost need some uh, quiet time to let our brains prep for this. There's a lot of information to take in. So y'all know where we stand. I'm still sticking with the Cavs. She's still sticking with the Warriors. We watching from opposite sides of the couch. And uh, that's it, man. Next week, y'all going to hear. Y'all gonna, someone's going to be a little happier than the other. That's for sure. Can't wait, y'all. Definitely tune back in next week. The rundown for my celebration. <laughs> you wish, dog. You haven't been doing no celebrating on this show in a while. So, honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing you get hyped. But, you know, yeah, I would mind, actually. I don't like seeing you win very many things because you like to rub it in a lot. That's some real shit. You dig? All right, y'all. That's going to wrap up this episode. Big thanks to Eli Reed. Big thanks to the Pittsburgh Penguins. And a huge thanks to LeBron James for extending the NBA season. Let's go. Peace.